friends. Thank you so much for joining us on Get Up Girl today, a podcast designed to bring us together by the word of our testimony and how Jesus has shown himself faithful again and again. Listen, we know there are a million other podcasts out there that you could be listening to, and we are just so thrilled that you chose to spend time out of your day with us. So thank you. With every conversation, we hope you leave encouraged, inspired, and propelled towards Jesus. Today, I have the honor and privilege of sitting down with a true angel from heaven, y'all, Angie Hagler. Angie discusses her journey of the path that led her to Jesus, becoming a pastor's wife, and eventually launching an entire church with her husband. Angie and her husband, Justin, are the lead pastors of Simple Church in Bossier City, Louisiana. They have three children, a successful ministry that has completely changed the face of their city, and a love for Jesus that radiates. I think your heart will feel refreshed after hearing what Angie has to say today. Happy listening. So just being young just made some poor decisions. And so I just unfortunately had some abusive stepdads along the way. So we had a very unstable, chaotic home life. I just wanted kind of to get away and escape it all. I started drinking really early. Um, I was a partier through high school, barely got out of high school. And then right out of high school, I met someone that was much older than me, that was almost my mom's age, and I got married. I eventually started going to church all the time. Eventually, I got, I, I, I was sitting in a church pew like on a Wednesday night, you know. You know, if you're going on Wednesday nights, then you're getting more serious. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I had this mental image that everybody sitting in the pews around me were this beautiful golden wheat. And like, I was the wheat. But... I mean, the floodgates opened, and and that's really when the Holy Spirit came in, and then my life began to, to begin to totally change. Yeah. I mean, I was ashamed of my past. I went from the clubs to being a minister's wife in like a year and a half. Now, although I loved Jesus and I knew Jesus loved me, and I was spending all my extra time with Him, focusing on Him, trying to figure out all things about Him. But what He was teaching me in that first year was who I was in Christ. It's about who he says I am. I'm in him and all the things that he says about me. It just hit. You know, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And I'm telling you, like I had to hold that because it's true. But if you don't know it and you believe what the enemy says, you believe either what the world says about you or what some pastor sitting across from you says about you, so we said, when we get to do a church one day, and we're gonna do it different. Yeah. I can't believe that I get to be in the ministry. And I mean, that's the best. Hi, my name is Angie Hagler, and I'm a mom of three kids and four dogs. I live Prince and Bruno Mars, but especially my husband, and this is my get-up story. Well, hey, girl. Welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe-to-toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl. It's time to get up. Uh, This is such a treat for me today. I have Angie Hagler on the podcast. Hey, Angie. Hello. And Angie and I go back... Many moons. I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> Last night I was like, how long have we known each other? Uh, how old were you? Let's see. I was f- 15 or 16 when I was in your small group. Okay. But. Baby. Uh, yeah. So. My daughter, my youngest daughter is now that age. Stop. I can't. Stop. <laughs> that just blew my mind. So that was what? 
I graduated in 05, so that was 03, 04, when we were... Yeah, she, yeah, my youngest was born in 03. My word. Is that right? It was, I was in your small group my junior and senior year of high school, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so we go back at least, at least that far. But then your husband, Justin... Mm-hmm. was my youth pastor mm-hmm. for many years. Yes. Um, and I just, I treasure him so much. Um, and now he's the pastor of a church, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about later. But um, so, yeah, my history with um, Angie and her husband, Justin, go back a long, long time. So y'all are, I, I absolutely treasure you and Justin, and y'all have made such an impact on my life. Oh, goodness. Um, and so I just, before we get started, want to say thank you for just loving me all these years and watching me go through... <laughs> You know, all the rough phases, I guess, that you go through in college and then coming back and all that stuff. But um, really, y'all have, I, I I think, I know that the Lord put y'all in my life at that time because y'all planted such a seed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just an honor to be sitting at this table with you and, and to be able to talk to you now on this side of things. So, Goodness, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute honor to be here with you. I'm very just very grateful and so thankful for our, our relationship over all these years. Like we go like long spans of time. We don't see each other. Uh-huh. And then when I saw you at that funeral, not too long ago, I was like, the world is all better again because I got to see you <laughs> and oh then had gosh. lunch with you recently. Yes. So anyway, I'm very thankful for you and thank you for just loving he and I through all our crazy too. Cause you know, <laughs> we, everybody got a little crazy. I in mean, them. <laughs> life would be so boring if we didn't. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> Um, well, this is just, this is really fun. So we're just going to kind of jump in and okay. get into your story and your testimony and, um, you know, basically just kind of hear from you. And I know you have a lot of wisdom and, um, you've walked a several long roads. So yes. well, I'm just excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, I guess we could just go back as far as, far as I can remember, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't raised in church. Uh-huh. So um, we maybe went on Christmas, maybe Easter, yeah. every now and then. So church wasn't a big part of our lives. I did have grandparents um, on both sides that would, did go to church, but we weren't raised like that. Um, we actually, unfortunately, my dad was murdered when I was two. Mm. And then my mom had several failed marriages. Um I was raised in an abusive and alcoholic home, so not by my mom, God bless her, but I mm-hmm. had just some some tough stepdads along the way. So um, I did not go to church until later, like after college. Mm-hmm. Um, when sorry, that's I'm, okay. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, that's like, okay. So soon, we're like thirty seconds in. Yeah. Um, you said your dad was he was murdered. Yes. When you were two. So yes. obviously, I mean, you were really little. Yes, I was Did- really little, so I have no memory of him at all. So my mom got married. <clears throat> Back then, it was more common. She was got married when she was 16. My dad was 18. Wow. Yes, which is crazy when I think about yeah. that now because I have a child that's 15. But um, So they got married young. They had my sister when she was 18 and then me when she was 22. So younger than when mm-hmm. you and I started having kids. But anyway, so... <sighs> It's kind of a crazy story that I've only really kind of gotten bits and pieces. My mom doesn't really talk about it a whole lot. And what information I have gotten, I've gotten from my grandmother. Um, But basically, he was out with friends. I think he was like, let's see. He wasn't even 30 yet. He was maybe 28, 29, something like that. He was out with friends. And they had a disagreement with one of the girls that were in their group with her boyfriend the guy ended up following him back to the apartment that they were all at. They were arguing. He left, and he came back, and he knocked on the door. My dad opened the door, and he shot him. My goodness. So he was in the hospital for a week. He would have been paralyzed mm. because of the way that the bullet ricocheted in his spine. And he, and he died after a week. So left my mom, a really young mm. widow with a little two-year-old and six-year-old to raise. So I think that sort of just set my mom in a tailspin. She's told me that she just wanted to regain a family unit. So just being young just made some poor decisions. And so I just unfortunately had some abusive stepdads along the way. So we had a very unstable, chaotic home life. Yeah. So now what that's done for me is I try to create the most calm together 
we're all crazy. I mean, we all love to have a good time, and we're really loud in our house. I have three teenagers, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get to that. But I do like to have a very calm, <laughs> right, very settled home. Yeah. So I'll just kind of move forward. So by the time I was in middle school and early high school, I just wanted kind of to get away and escape it all. I started drinking really early. Um, I was a partier through high school, barely got out of high school. Mm. And then once I did get out of high school, I started realizing that some of the things that I was doing was like, I mean, I even tried drugs when I was in high school. So I realized some of that was kind of (laughs) messing my life up. So I know I didn't quit drinking right away, but I quit all that partying and trying drugs and stuff like that. And then right out of high school, I met someone that was much older than me, that was almost my mom's age, and I got married. Mm. And he was, in hindsight, of course, that father figure that I had lacked. And he was he's a successful surgeon. Um, I got very serious in school, and I worked so hard to mm-hmm. learn everything I didn't learn in high school. I learned in college. I did graduate from college, but my senior year in college, um, our relationship just fell apart. Mm. So it was after that that I eventually started dating somebody else, and he ha- was the first person that ever told me that he was a Christian and had a family that went to church. Wow. I may have skipped some stuff over, but you can ask me any questions. I was just yeah, kind of getting to this point. So anyway, he and I started dating, and uh, I eventually started going to church all the time. Eventually, I got I, I, I was sitting in the church pew like on a Wednesday night. You know, you know if you're going on Wednesday nights— <laughs> Then you're getting more serious. Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting in the church, and I realized that uh, I was sitting there, and I was looking at all the people, and it was like the preacher was preaching on separating the wheat from the tear. Mm-hmm. And it was like I had this mental image that everybody sitting in the pews around me were this beautiful golden wheat, and, like, I was the weed. Mm-hmm. It was just like a mental picture. I just got it. The light yeah. went on because I'd always believed that story about Jesus. I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I had parents, of, I had grandparents, and I believed that story, but I had never had any sort of surrender to my life or really even understood who Jesus was really. Mm-hmm. So it was that day that I surrendered my life and went forward for baptism and not even really even understanding what all that meant. Yeah. Because I was so new to church. But I mean, the floodgates opened and. And that's really when the Holy Spirit came in, and then mm. my life began to, to- begin to totally change. Yeah. So what was it like for you? I mean, because you didn't grow up in church, and then mm-hmm. you went. You said it was because of this guy you were dating. You went to church, or yes. Okay. So what was yeah, that like? Family. Walking okay, into so, church. Um. Well, I will say, like after after I got saved, I cried every single Sunday. Yeah. You know, every single Sunday I'm uh-huh. weeping in the pew because the Holy Spirit had, was doing so much work in me. Yeah. I mean, from all the things in my past and the mm-hmm. abuse in the past and then all the mistakes that I made, um, I had a lot of guilt and shame from. And then ultimately I realized this guy I was dating, well, he asked me to marry him and I said yes. And so we were engaged for a few months and then I just realized that he wasn't the one for me. Oh, Wow. Which was very difficult. Yeah. Because I was probably a terrible girlfriend anyway, because I had already been divorced and I was a mess. But then I started realizing who God was. Mm. And He started working in me. And then I, I realized that He wasn't the one for me. So, anyway, we broke up and I was already going to church and I was sitting in a pew. I mean, I was going to church all the time, even by myself. But yeah, I was sitting in a pew on uh, Sunday morning. And I had already met Justin, my husband, uh-huh. now. I had already met him just, you know, he's very charismatic and talks to everybody. And, yeah. you know, he's always smiling. And I had met him already um, in a different instance. So he went on a visitation that he met. He was going to see my sister who was in high school at that time. And I met him at my mom's house. And I was speaking Spanish at that time on the front porch to, because because my ex-mother-in-law was um, only spoke Spanish. Oh. So I know I'm kind of jumping around. I hope this makes sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> to you're your, good. To your listeners. You're good. So we're standing on the porch, and this had been, I wasn't even saved yet, so this was probably two years prior I had met him. And I was standing on the porch with her, and he walked up on a visitation visit to see my sister. So I just translated between the whole thing so that I could explain to her, these were people from a church coming to see my sister. You know, just, mm-hmm. it was just a dialogue on the front porch, and he just remembered 
Y'all know he's like that blonde headed girl was speaking fluent Spanish on the porch, and so he remembered. <laughs> he jokes about it now. Yeah. Um, that he thought that, you know how guys are. You know, yeah. he was like, I thought you were so fine. You this, yeah, this hot <laughs> you know blonde how, speaking yeah. Spanish. <laughs> so anyway, jump two years forward. I've given my life to the Lord, but I'm still so new in church. I mean, I had probably been saved maybe, may, not even probably two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the pew, and I knew that the Lord was telling me that he wanted me to volunteer somewhere in the church. But I had I didn't even know that somebody like me could volunteer in church. Aww. That's how uneducated I was with church. Aww. So, But the Lord spoke to me, and he said, ask Justin. I could see Justin's head, like, in a few pews ahead of me. I can still see it in my mind's eye, his little head, the back of his head. So after service, I was like, hey, um, I'd like to volunteer somewhere. Is there anybody that you could introduce me to? And he looked at me big eyed. He was like, oh, you can come work with us in student ministry. <laughs> so uh, I didn't even know what student ministry was. So I just tried to kind of play it cool. You know, I said, well, I, I said, I would love to come check it out and pray about it, see if that's where I'm supposed to be. So in a couple of weeks time, I ended up going and um, serving in, eighth, I think, middle school ministry first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, Lord, I need to be back here with students. Uh-huh. So that began the journey. And then, I mean, he and I started dating so quickly. And uh-huh. within four months or something like that, he asked me to marry him. What? Yes. I did not know that. Okay, so he called me at this at this point in this journey, and he said, she's that girl that was speaking Spanish on the porch. And he was taking a group to, to Mexico, never taken anybody on a mission trip before, uh-huh. and needed some translators. And he said, she speaks Spanish. So he called me. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, I'm in. So we go and we end up, this is it. We know we want to be together. Aww. You know, we're falling in love and it's amazing and all that. Well, I'm still so new to church. I know nothing. I've never been, I've never done anything, but never been on a mission trip. Never led a group of students before. I, I led the puppeting. We did these puppets. We did I a remember, puppet show. I remember those puppets. <laughs> we would go into small towns in these small little villages, and I would lead the little puppet groups. First thing I ever led in, yeah. in any kind of church setting. <laughs> so anyway, we come back, and he's like, I want to marry this girl. And we, we're talking about it because, you know, I was 27, and he was 29. We're like, we're not fooling around anymore. It's, we're mm-hmm. serious. So because I had been divorced before, he goes to our pastor, and he said, hey, I really want to marry this girl, but I want to see what you have to say. You know, what do you think? And our pastor said, it's okay if you if you date her. I think she's the real deal. But just know that she, you may never be able to work at any other um, church in this denomination if you've married somebody who's divorced. Mm. So he was like, I, don't, I wouldn't want to work at any church like that anyway. So, we, yeah. you know, I'm in. So anyway, so jump forward. We, we were planning a, a wedding within four months. We were trying to get it all together. So we had to do our premarital counseling. And this is the tough part, the tough side that church can be. So we set up our premarital counseling. It was not with our pastor, but it was with one of the associate pastors in our church because our pastor was busy or whatever. So we go and we sit down. And the associate pastor sat us in front of him, uh, in front of him, and he looked at me, and he, and he looked at Justin, and he said, "All right," he said, "I just have to say before we start this counseling," he said, he pointed to me, and he said, "Justin, I would never marry her." <gasps> yes. What? He said, "She's divorced, and I don't think that's right, and I just need to say that before we start our counseling." Oh my gosh. Okay, so just. <laughs> I was a new believer, and I, I was new in church. I was already so insecure, and I felt so unworthy, even of Jesus' love. And then that man sat across and said that to me. It was so hurtful. I just sucked my tears back. Mm. And Justin said, well, I understand that you feel that way, but I don't feel that way. And so, and he said, okay, well, let's begin. So we did oh, our Oh, <laughs> my, I cannot. Isn't it crazy? That just made my heart sink. Yeah. So then I started in my first year of marriage really believing yeah, what he said. I mean, the enemy had a field day with it. So now jumping forward, it still makes me want to tear up. Now jump forward, we've been married for 23 years, mm-hmm. and we have three beautiful children, and we have a successful ministry. I just think, what if, you know? Yeah. But it took me a year it was a year's time. I was so new with everything anyway. I would right. literally walk down the halls at our church and have anxiety attacks oh because gosh. I felt so 
I mean, I was ashamed of my past. I went from the clubs to being a minister's wife in like a year and a half. Now, yeah. although I love Jesus and I knew Jesus loved me and I was spending all my extra time with him, focusing on him, trying to figure out all things about him. Yeah. But what he was teaching me in that first year was who I was in Christ. And I didn't get that until it was literally, there was almost a year marker. He and I went to a youth ministry conference out in California. So anyway, so we go on this trip. I'm exhausted. I really think it's just the whole first year of just being married and all the changes with that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being in the ministry and having all the insecurities I had. And so we go on this trip and I go I was like, I really just need to rest today. I'm not going to go to another. He went to a, a seminar, and I said, I'm just going to go to the pool. So I went to the pool. I took my journal, and I took a Beth Moore. I mean, not Beth Moore. Um, Joyce Meyer book that I was reading at the time. Uh-huh. And I went and sat out the pool at the pool, and I was journaling. And for some reason, for the first time, it was like the lights went on, and it was. I never understood what that, what the phrase was that I had in church because I wasn't churched. So the the line was um, like, who you are in Christ. Like, what is that? I don't really understand what that means. You know, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? But you hear that a lot. It just all came to me that day. I'm like, it's about who he says I am. I'm in him and all the things that he says about me. It just hit. Mm -hmm. And I cried at the pool and I went back upstairs. And after his seminar, it was just like a, I had a, I lightened up after that. I mean, I've still, in all these years, I've had so much to learn and so much grown. And I, Lord Jesus, he knows I still I am. But it made an impact on us, uh, just those experiences that we had, that we knew that we wouldn't be that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because one of the first scriptures that we learned together was 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, I had to hold that mm. because it's true. Yeah. But if you don't know it and you believe what the enemy says, you believe either what the world says about you or what some pastor sitting across from you mm-hmm. says about you. So we said, when we get to do a church one day, and we're going to do it different. Yeah. Well, and everybody's I, welcome. I was going to ask, how has that interaction affected you and Justin as pastors now with other people? Oh, there's just so much grace. Yeah. We all need it. No one is perfect. Everybody has sinned. We just hold our sin at different levels for different reasons Mm -hmm. in culture or whatever it is. So for us, we're just give grace. Yeah. I just feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and I've had to have huge doses of it given to me. (laughs) So um, that has affected us in that way, you know, and that and being able to share my story and Mm -hmm. being able to connect with people, whether they've come up in abusive homes or homes with addiction or, you know, like you said, there's a lot of roads that I've gone down and I'm 50 now and I look back I'm like yeah I mean there's a lot of things happened in 50 years Mm -hmm. and I had a rough start in the beginning so it's sort of like I can see now God's hand even in losing my dad Mm -hmm. and having abusive stepdads um thank God once I came to know him I didn't equate him with them yeah because I know that oftentimes our image of who God is, because he's the father, is similar to what we think our, we think that's what our earthly dad is like, so that's what God must be like. Mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that God showed me he's not that way early on, and I've been able to trust him, like, that he is who he says he is, and he loves me unconditionally. Yeah. Any guilt I put on myself was from my own self. It had nothing to do with what the Holy Spirit was telling me. He's yeah. just given me freedom. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so what was going back to that pastor that said that to y'all um, in that premarital counseling? Because, I mean, Justin stayed on staff yeah. there for yes. several years after. Oh, yeah. So I think what, he was there a total of like 16 years or something like that. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Well, he it, was a, he was a not, he was not the pastor of the church. He was just somebody who came in and was there for a while and then went out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, cause and I was he gonna... was of the older generation and God bless him. That's what he believed in his heart. Yeah. He probably had no idea how much that affected a new Christian. Oh, I'm sure. 
Yeah. I'm sure that he would probably, if he heard me today, I would never say his name. He would probably be broken over that mm-hmm. because, you know, we, I know I've made mistakes as a now as a pastor's wife. I'm sure I've said things that have hurt people unintentionally. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we all need grace. Yeah. <laughs> well, because my my question was going to be, what was that like for you having to see him around at church and like forgiving him and. I just I mean, believed him. That's the sad thing. Yeah. I really thought I wasn't good enough to marry Justin. Like, mm. literally, you should see my journals. <laughs> I've Aww. journaled my whole marriage. I, I mean, they were just like, God help me, and just scriptures over anxiety and scriptures over help, you know, all, all things, because Satan continued to hammer that home. Yeah. Um, even though God continued to, to show me other. Yeah. But I mean, I I just did every Bible study I could do. I read every book on free, you know, freedom, and freedom from anxiety, and um, Beth Moore's Breaking Free. I did all those things. So I wasn't really, and I'm still not mad at him. I really feel like, yeah, I really when I say God bless him, he needed grace too. Um, I disbelieved him, so I wasn't mad at him. Oh, okay. And and it you. wasn't like it drove a wedge. We continued to have functions and just be on staff together and yeah. So I I didn't have, I think I was just too young and naive to to have any ill will toward him, mm-hmm. you know, other than just felt like, yeah, he's right. Right. <laughs> so, so Justin married me anyway. Look at him. Look way at to, him. Way Best go, decision Justin. he ever made in his life. <laughs> and he would say that now. <laughs> I know he would, for sure. We did. Yeah, he's so sweet because he, he he does tell me, he's like, I'm glad I married me somebody who was fresh out of the bar. No, he takes home. We did, uh, we did uh, premarital counseling with another couple just yesterday or the day before yesterday. And it was actually the first time that that I ever did it with him. And the girl really? kn- knew my testimony, and she said, Hey, she sent Justin an email. She said, "Hey, can you, can you invite Angie to come in and sit with us? Because I feel like she'll get what's happening here." Uh-huh. So it was so fun, and uh-huh. he was sweet about it. He That's was like, amazing. "I'm glad she's, I'm glad she was the one out of the bar, fresh out, fresh out." So oh, I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Would, did you have any? Um, I I don't I don't know if fear is the right word. Maybe anxiety is a better mm-hmm. word, but because you said, you know. With your stepdads, mm-hmm. um, you said multiple mm-hmm. abusive situations mm-hmm. with those. So m- moving into this marriage with Justin, mm-hmm. did any of that come back up? Like any kind of fears or anxieties about that? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So I was the girl who was, I wouldn't allow myself to be vulnerable. Yeah. Like real. Because I really didn't trust men. Mm-hmm. Um, so Justin was the first one that w- that pulled it out of me. I'm a thinker, not a verbal processor. He's a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. So early in our relationship, he'd be like, what's going on with you? And normally I would be like, nothing, and just pretend like everything was fine. Yeah. Because in our, we had domestic violence. So in our home, if you said things, it could be abusive. Yeah. So I think it formed my personality to be more like, you just be the people pleaser mm. and keep your opinions to yourself Yeah, and don't say anything. Well, here I'm dating this guy who loves Jesus, and I know it. Yeah. And everything I see in him radiates him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, God, am I going to trust him? I mean, I trust you, and I believe you brought him into my life. Yeah. So he began to draw the... It would be conversations. Yeah. Tell me how you feel. What's going on? Wow. And I will say this other thing, too. So when Justin and I first started dating, I had this terrible past. I'm talking about suitcase upon suitcase of all the bad decisions I had made on top of divorce. I mean, that's the least of, because I was this partying crazy girl. And here, Justin, in my eyes, he was this perfect church kid who's never done anything wrong. He's uh-huh. lived for the Lord. He's a minister since he's in his 20s, you know. So, like I said, I didn't feel worthy. Well, I sat him down. <laughs> Girl, I told him everything. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I just got you. You just have to know if you're going to date me, I need to just tell you everything. Yeah. So, I had freedom in that, too. Like, I would never have done that before. Mm. But it was it was like Jesus said, you tell him. Yeah. And I felt like if I didn't, 
I would be disobeying God. And at that point, I was more afraid of the Lord than than any man. (laughs) So how that affected my relationship with him was I had to learn to trust a man and to be honest and just who I was. Yeah. There's, you're going to see the good, bad, and the ugly. And, and really my promise from the Lord was if he can't take that and accept me for who I am, then God has somebody better. Yeah. And that has laid a foundation of honesty in our, in our marriage. That was a great way to start because I've had freedom. Like he knows, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he knows everything about me and he loves me and he chose me anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's been the good part. Um, I'm still a thinker and he's still a verbal processor. Um, but after 23 years, we've figured a lot out and we've been through a lot together and he's nothing like any other man I've ever known. You know, obviously you should probably feel about that way about your husband anyway, but to me, (laughs) you know, yeah. So I don't equate him with any stepdad I've ever, I ever had. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Yeah. He's totally different. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Um, and can you speak to, like you said, the, you kind of lived that fast paced lifestyle, like partying yeah. and that scene with mm-hmm. drinking and drugs and all that. Can you yeah. kind of speak to that a little bit and just talk about what that was when you were in it, uh-huh. like what it was like, your, your mind and like yeah. what your life was like during that time? Well, it was kind of always my scene ever since high school. You know, I was in the bars. I stole my sister's ID. who was four years older than me. I was going to the clubs, like, probably at 16. But then again, all my friends were the same way. So I was in that group. I didn't have churchy friends, and we didn't know churchy language. And we we were just growing up the way that we knew how. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any – when I was in it, I had no guilt about anything I was doing. Yeah, I was just having fun, and I'm sure in hindsight, the drug and alcohol and all that, that's just covering up for whatever real is going on, whatever real is hurt is going on. But at the time, I was just having a good time. I was just young and hitting the clubs and dancing on the weekends. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was my image. I mean, I had the party girl image. That's who I was known as or whatever. But I do remember when I first went to church, I will just talk about the difference, was number one, I didn't know there was a whole church world. Like, I'm like, there's a whole culture of these people called Christians that I did not know. It was so different from what I knew. Uh And the other thing is when I first gave my life to the Lord, it was the Lord spoke to me. I knew that I needed to change my image for his. Like, my short skirts and, like, party on the weekends wasn't really a reflection of him. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was something that I personally needed to, to give up. Yeah. It wasn't my image anymore. It was really him saying I want you to have my image and reflect that. So that was, and I wouldn't say that that was an instant change, you know, but it was, it was a pretty short period of time though. Yeah. <laughs> because once you get the Holy Spirit, like I had, <laughs> I remember going into a bar once not long after I had been saved and I was like, for the first time I was like, one of my pastors saw me here. Like I, I felt kind of guilty. Yeah. You know? Maybe I shouldn't be in here. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's all wrong or whatever, but I'm just saying I needed to get out. Yeah. You know, it was, it, my, my purpose in life was not there. Right. You know, so that's, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that was a great way. Yes. That answered my question. Okay. (laughs) I'm thankful to be out of it. Uh Uh-huh. And that was like forever lifetimes ago. Right. You know what I mean? How long have you been married? 20? 23 years. 23. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your oldest is? I got saved when I was 25. And my oldest is? She'll be 20 in December. My word. What? I can't believe that I have a child that's almost 20. My stars. So I have three kids. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I have a 15-year-old daughter, a 18-year-old son, and a 19-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about that yet, but they're yeah. precious. Well, yeah, I, wanted, I was going to get to that towards the end, talking about kind of like your life now and your family. Okay. But um, I do I have one more like rewind okay. question. Um. Can you speak to, and you know, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, mm-hmm. but I would really love to talk about um, the abuse mm-hmm. or could you just speak to that for maybe anyone who might be listening that has experienced that and maybe hasn't found healing or might mm-hmm. be experiencing that now? Um, can you just talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Okay. So for us, it was a cycle. So, and then I remember flashes of memories, like going from there, the police being called mm. Going and get going to my grandparents coming and rescuing us and getting us out of there. 
Yeah. And then being in the safe place with my grandparents. But then we'd end up going back and um, it's so sensitive. I want to be very careful what I say, but you just need to be in a safe place. Yeah. Like my grandparents' house was a safe place for us. And um, I just remember growing up where I was scared a lot. I was scared when my stepdad would come home. Mm. And I remember hurrying in, like cleaning my room or doing my homework or doing something to take the focus off of me so that there would be peace in the house. Mm -hmm. So how that probably affected me as an adult, I would say get to a safe place. Yeah. A hundred percent. You have to get your children out of that. And thank God there are churches and organizations that can help Mm -hmm. maybe you can I wouldn't I don't even know what that would be like but I'm sure there's organizations that yeah you know think you could get someone out of that situation and then get some help I mean there's a reason why you continue in a a pattern of choosing men that are that way Mm. so there is help and above all the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your life. Mm-hmm. And so getting out of that situation and allowing the Lord to heal you and help you and know who he is and know who you are and then ultimately to make better decisions. I would have made I would I would probably be married and divorced again and again probably had I not come to know the Lord. Mm. And I'm just so thankful that yeah. like I've got that opportunity to to know Jesus before I got married again. Um, can't do it on your own. You have to have a church family. You have to have a counselor, um, any kind of help. There is help out there. You just have to seek it. Comes, yeah. I mean, Simple Church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we offer count. We we pay for counseling for the first three counseling um, for anybody who needs it. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, that gets your gets you in the door at yeah. least three times, and we spend a lot of our budget on doing that, and it's worth every dollar because. We, and in this time, I tell my husband this all the time. In our current culture. That is only going to get worse. Mm. People are only getting sicker. People are only getting more addicted. Social media has caused a, a rise in suicide. I mean, you know, th- there's all these things. Yeah. So that's a job. That's secure. <laughs> I'm not a, this a, is true. a counselor. I just know that I love Jesus, and we know counselors who love Jesus that can help. So, But you got some wise counsel to give. So, I don't know about that, I, yeah, but I but I walk some roads. That's all I know, and I yeah. know I love Jesus. That's 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 what I got on my side. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love it. Well, let's um, let's fast forward to uh, so you and Justin are married at this point, mm-hmm. and when he decided to plan a church or start a church, yeah, what was that mm, journey like for you as now, like? Okay, stepping so, into that role. Stepping into that role. So we had been married. The church has existed now for, I think it's 14 years. It was something we had always dreamed about and Aww. talked about. Like, if we ever got to start church, what would it be like? You know, what would we do different? And, yeah. you know, Ray has their own way. They yeah. dream about things and talk about things. So we had our little group of people that when we were sharing dreams, we would dream about. Um and I will never forget, we were, he was sitting, we were sitting in our bathroom. He was in the tub. I'm going to give y'all insight to our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in the tub and I'm sitting there talking to him. So here, this is our downtime when our kids are small. <laughs> and um, he was reading a book by Erwin McManus called Chasing Daylight. And it had always been on his heart to start a church, but it's terrifying. And I can know, imagine. We had been in church for a long time and. You know, but the he was also in a life group, but he, the book compelled him. I mean, God spoke through this book and compelled him to, to do it. And then he, he went to, he, he kind of pushed him to it. Then he went to some other godly men that he knows. And we had had some job offers out in, in different cities too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one in Southern California, which... This is dream. I was going to say, Justin dream. is built for Southern yes, California. <laughs> you know. And we had had a job offer there. We had a job offer in Houston and um, one other place. And every time we'd look at each other and we'd go, gosh, I just don't feel like God wants to be here. You're talking about Southern California? Oh. Who don't want to live there? Yeah. And it's always been his dream. And so uh-huh. I thought for sure when we got that call that when we went to the interview that he was going to. But we just had 
there was no peace about it. It didn't matter how pretty it was outside. We just felt called to be here. Yeah. And so we looked at each other at the airport, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, I just don't feel like God wants us to be here. So anyway, we come home, and then he reads Chasing Daylight, and he's in a life group. Then he goes on another um, job offer in Houston, and he's good friends with the pastor there. And the pastor said, well, what do you want to do? You can come here and do anything you want to do. You don't have to do student ministry. Just what do you want to do? Just if you could do anything, what would you do? And he was like, honestly, I'd start a church. Yeah. And he said, then do it. He's a friend. Yeah. So he said, I challenge you to go back and ask your pastor. So he did. I bet that's terrifying. You know that's terrifying. (laughs) He had been there like 16 years. And the pastor said yes. Wow. Another miracle of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So then they came up with a plan, how we would how we would start it, the small team that we would take, we would go start in a theater and how that would look and all that all there's a binder set up with all the details of what that was gonna look like and then once wow. the church was healthy enough then we would separate and stand on our own. Oh. So yeah, it was scary but it was also so exciting. And once again I think I was just young and naive. <laughs> You know, I think the older you get, the more scared you get. The more you have, you, the, yeah. you know, the more children you have, the more scared you get. But at the time, we were like, we had kids, but we were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We always dreamed about it. So, so the church, did. the church that y'all were at, where he was on staff, mm-hmm. they supported us and sent us out as a mission church. That is amazing. Yeah, and they supported us until we got on our feet, and then oh we separated and became our own. I love it. But you know, you hear, or I don't know, I feel like I hear of so many churches that started out of offense yeah. or bitterness. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that that's one reason Simple Church has been so successful mm-hmm. and grown the way that it has and, and reached our city the way that it has because mm-hmm. Justin didn't walk into it out of bitterness. Oh, no. You know, like he did the right thing. He went to his yeah. pastor. He got a blessing. I mean, like the, that church helped him get on his feet. Oh, and yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just think that's yeah. so rare because I just feel like you hear so much of the other side yeah. these days. And I'm not, I'm going to be honest and say there were difficulties along the line. Yeah. Because that's just nature. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. But we had mission commencement services and, mm-hmm. but it wasn't always smooth and beautiful. But I will say, yeah. yes, um, it was God blessed and ordained and. Yeah. They helped us get our start, and it was great. Yeah. I'm very, very thankful for them and all they did to help us be who we are. I mean, we wouldn't right. be who we are without them. I mean, yeah. so anyway, it was, it, it's been a trip. I mean, yeah. it's been an exhausting 14 years and so fun and so mm-hmm. fulfilling, um, and now there's so many changes with COVID. It's been crazy, too. So I feel like we're in a whole other season of church and yeah. what that looks like. And, um, But all good. I can't believe I get to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that I get to be in the ministry. And, I mean, that's the best. Uh-huh. You know, and, I, and this is crazy. This is such a side thought. You can edit this out if you want to. <laughs> but I remember... Being in college, so I started at LSUS, and then I transferred to Centenary when I got real serious in school. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with my mom at, at this point, worked in, in Centenary for a little while, and I was sitting in her office, and this girl came in in her office, and she said, I was like, what's your major? You know, I, my, I majored in biology and minored in Spanish, so I was in a totally different department. This mm-hmm. girl, I'd never seen her. She was like, oh, I'm, I'm studying ministry. And after she left, I was like, man, that's the coolest job you could ever have. I don't even know the Lord. <laughs> and so I don't know if God gives me that memory. I mean, I, there's, at 50, I don't remember a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I remember her saying that. And I remember, and now I get to do it. Wow. It's such a blessing. And it's such a, it's so God's grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you knew me in high school, and I'm sure when people in my high school, they go, when they hear, did you know Angie? <laughs> Angie <laughs> Howard was my maiden name. Do you know that she's a pastor? They're probably like, who? No. Yeah. Because you're from here, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. from here. I graduated from Captain Shreveville, barely. I got out. I Let's say that. I got, I got out. out of high school, Captain Shreveville. Yeah, and then I started at LSUS, uh-huh. and then I transferred and graduated from Centenary. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm from here. So, born and raised, uh-huh. good, bad, ugly, all right here. Uh-huh. So, what is this role as 
you know, lead pastor's wife. How has that been for you these last 14 years? <laughs> um, it's crazy. It's been busy. It's been fulfilling. I've yeah. also been raising kids at the same time. Yeah. And like I said earlier, my home has been critically important to me and how I raise our children, probably just because of the dysfunction that I come from. Maybe that makes it even more. But from an early age, Justin never put pressure on me to mm-hmm. be every be at church every time the doors open. I mean, if the kids were needing me for something, so it took the pressure off of me and our kids. I mean, I always want to be at everything anyway, but I did not want my kids to hate church because we made them, we drugged them to around to everything. Yes. So we were real careful that we just didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful now. I mean, they all volunteer in yeah. church now, and they're all active. And, you know, even as young adults, they're now they're figuring what their role is going to be now. Hannah works in middle school ministry, and oh. she's thinking about – she's kind of wanting high school, but – That's incredible. Yeah. Is it just, like, the most rewarding thing as a mama to see your kids serve God? Yes. Ugh. Because I've prayed it my – their entire – since they were in the womb, I have prayed that. mm my prayer was always that. Don't make me tear up looking at you, Mama. <laughs> okay, do you want, I'll look away. <laughs> but my prayer since they were in the womb was, I pray that they would always be warriors for the Lord mm. and not follow after the world. And that they would marry someone the same. You yeah. Know, that's a shortened version of yeah. my prayer since they've been in the womb. So, you know, 19 years later, I just continue to pray that because now they're going into young adulthood on their own. You know, they all still in my house, thank God, because mm-hmm. one's going to Bipsy and the other one's starting at LSUS, and mm-hmm. everybody got their schooling paid for. So thank you, Jesus, for providing that with yeah. tops. Yeah. We're so grateful for that because we've been in the ministry, uh, you know. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's not always financially rewarding. I mean, now 23 years in it, it's better than it was when we were student pastors. But yep. um, but now watching them go into adulthood, I'm like, Lord, please just keep them focused on your path and help them find what is their, your plan and purpose for them. Yeah. And so I will just say this one sweet thing. We just took them on family vacation. We went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, have you been? Yeah. I was like 14, but yeah. Maybe you'll go again and you take your baby one day because it is beautiful Uh and it does make you, you know, you just see the Lord and his grandness, you know, and his design and in one place in nature. Anyway, I walked up, and my son has got his eyes closed. I'm like, he's praying. I know he's talking to the Lord right now because you can't miss this glorious moment. You know, and that that moment, you just go, thank you, Jesus. Please continue to have your hand on them and help them to make wise decisions and be leaders for you. Yeah. You know, because now it's like my role is never done, but it's changing. Mm -hmm. And just the other day, I was telling my son, I was like, you need to check your checking account. And I was like, Angie, he's 18 (laughs) years old. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I can't be that hover mother anymore they joke about. Yeah. I've totally been a hover mother. Well, you know, I mean, mama, I'm I'm I turned 34 today, actually. Happy birthday. I cannot <laughs> believe I'm here on your birthday. <laughs> I know this is like I feel like this is like the most wonderful birthday present. You're ever, so, by the way. so I would have brought you a birthday present. I realized it was your birthday. No, it's fine. But I I'm 34 mm-hmm. and just the other day, my mom till I had a I was going somewhere on airline drive, and my mother tells me to uh, make sure I look both ways because turning <laughs> left on airline is insane. And I'm like, Mom, ser- Mom, I'm 33 and a half. Like, you're telling me that airline drive is busy. I'm turning left on airline. And she's like, you just need to make sure, you know, it gets really crazy this time of day. And oh, like, goodness. So there's no hope for me. It's always going to be this way. Right. Yeah. I'm like, Christy. Jeez. <laughs> so. Christy, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm so going to be the same. Well, I, this has been such a treat for me just being able to sit down and, and talk with you. So thank you. I know you got a million things to do. So thank you for taking time just to hang out and share your testimony and thank you, you know, bring hope to other people. Thank Maybe. you for bringing hope to other people oh. and sharing people. I can't believe I get to be a guest. Oh, I'm my honored. gosh. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. And, I, you know, it's funny just how, like, the Lord does things. But, you know, with Philip and I moving in, like, four days. Crazy. <laughs> halfway across the country. Can't believe it. Um, but, you know, Philip's a worship leader. That's, like, that's what he does. That's yeah. all he's known. And now he's 
going to take a student pastor job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like uncharted territory for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just interesting, like, as I'm sitting here, just like hearing your story, but also thinking about you and Justin in my life. It's like Justin was my student pastor. Mm. You were the student pastor's wife. And now Philip and I are walking into Philip's about to be the student pastor and I'm about to be the student pastor's wife. You know, so I'm You're like, going to be the best. I'm just like going through and I'm thinking like, okay, what did Justin and Angie do for me? And how can I just like <laughs> replicate that? In, you know? Oh, that's your too and kind. We have some funny stories though. Oh yeah, girl. No, we got, let we, me, we're, we're, we vault. can't say them all. We got some things <laughs> in the vault, but let me say this. Do you, you, I think I reminded you this at lunch the other day, but one of your last life group meetings, we stayed at a hotel. We yes. took all y'all, spent the night at like the Holiday Inn so we could I go to the I found the pool. picture. You did yes, not. Yes, I, I got to send it to you <gasps> when I get home. Okay, please do. Okay, so y'all taught me how to text. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. You and Meredith, we stayed up and y'all taught me how to text. Back when text messages were like 50 cents both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now our phones are right. so different. Yeah. Now the t- phone will do it for you. Yeah. But anyway, that's a good, there you go. You, <laughs> the, those girls are going to teach you They're going to teach me how to TikTok. <laughs> They're going to teach me yeah. how to, I don't even know what TikTok is. I don't yes. know. I get on there. But um, yeah, you know, I think about my student trip. Like I still talk about my mystery trip my senior year, bungee jumping and, you know, um, surfing lessons and all that was that when I did. wasn't on too. I know. Justin lost his wedding ring on that one. I, yes. You remember that? During our surfing lessons. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, and you know, I was, I was much more reserved back then than I am now, but I was, I was always so scared to like do anything. And so I was like, I'm not bungee jumping. I'm not like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. And, uh, of course, Justin talked me into it mm-hmm. and he was like, Leanne, you are in Las Vegas, girl. You paid for this trip. You know, I'll Justin. He's he, still that way. Yeah. And he was like, you're telling me that you're going to leave this trip mm-hmm. and everybody else here is going to have bungee jumped except you. And you're going to go home and say, well, I didn't do it, you know. <laughs> and you're going to have regret for your whole entire life. I was life. like, Ugh, fine. So I get up there, and they did it by uh, weight. So they did the heaviest people first to yes. stretch out the cord. Okay. So I was next to last. Yeah. Because I was teeny tiny, tiny, tiny back then. Mm-hmm. And so um, Thanks. So I watched all these people. So I had time to freak myself out, you know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. that. I don't remember the story. Yeah. Okay. And so, I'm you know, everyone had it. jumped. And then they unstrap them. So it's me and there was one other girl behind me left. So our whole, my whole like senior class is terrifying. Is at the bottom, you know, waiting. Mm-hmm. And so I get up there, they strap me because we jumped uh, by our, we were strapped at our ankles. Mm-hmm. So we did a head, like a swan dive mm-hmm. and whatever. And so the guy, the two like guys up there, you know, walk me out to the little platform and I'm just, I'm shaking and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And they were like, we're going to count to three. And then you just head first. You just dive. The cord will do the rest, you know. Oh like I've watched 50 people yeah. do this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And like I had one guy on each hand, you know, they were like holding me. Mm-hmm. To me and I was just like shaking. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like, I started crying. I just sat down. Like on the, I was like, I can't do it. Take it off my ankles. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they were like, you can do that. You know, so they're like pep talking me. And so I stand back up and I was like, okay, I can do it. You know. Angie, it felt like I was up there for three hours. I don't know. It was probably really only like 10 minutes. But I just remember, because I, I would like look down and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, you know, everyone's so far down. So no one can hear, hear me. You. Yeah. But Justin oh, yells. Gosh. And he said, loud. come on, Leanne. We ain't got all day. We got things to do. <laughs> that is so him. What a memory. He was like, you're holding everybody up. <laughs> And so, but you know what? That that was all I needed because I was. Are like, you serious? So I jumped. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I can't," because you know they have like a they had a yeah, schedule. You gotta go. Yeah, and uh, Justin just yelled like, "No, like and you, you just... can do it. You can. it was no, like, hey, we got like, to come do. on, let's go. We gotta wrap it up." <laughs> and so I just I just ju- the guys were like, "We're gonna count to three, and then you jump." And they said one, and I jumped. I didn't even get to three. And so when I got down, Justin, like, everyone cheered because they were like, finally, <laughs> you she, were the way. she did it. So when I got down, Justin just looked at me <laughs> and he, like, gave me this look. But then he hugged me and he was like, I'm so proud of you Because you did it. I did it. So no regrets? No regrets. I still talk about it to this day. Like, if you have the opportunity to bungee jump, I'd do it again. You would? Yes. So thank you, Justin. <laughs> they they keep asking if we want to go jump out of an airplane because my daughter wants to. Yes. And so her her boyfriend, Blake, surprised her on their one-year little dating anniversary. Mm-hmm. Got her uh, a jump. A jump. 
because his dad, that's what his dad used to do. And Justin jumped with his dad when they were here in the Air uh-huh. Force. Anyway, so he took her to Dallas, and they were about to go. The place called and said, oh, weather's rolling in bad. We can't do it today. But it's all paid for, so she's going to go back and do it. So they asked us if we want to go with them. Are you going? I looked at Justin Hagler, and I said, <laughs> I have no desire to jump out of a plane. It's not on my bucket list. Yeah. So I don't know. But you could be at the bottom with like a... I'll be like Justin at the bottom. Do it! Yeah. <laughs> we got to wrap this we up. We got things to do. <laughs> Good uh, story. Yeah. That's one of my most precious memories. But um, anyway, so it's just uh, all, all that to say, like, I just can't say enough how much you and Justin have just planted into my life. And it's, you know, as you get older, you always like, rec- you look back and like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. But especially as Philip and I walk into this season as student pastors, I'm like, ah, God, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I find myself pulling so much from my time as a student under you and Justin. Thank and you. so I just want y'all to know that y'all, um, at least for me anyway, y'all have made such a huge impact on my life. So thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. Y'all are going to be the best. Oh, and if you. I could do it, you're miles and miles, <laughs> galaxies ahead of where I was when I came into student ministry. So you're, y'all are going to be awesome. I'm so thank excited. You. And thank you know you. that I and your listeners will be praying for you. So that helps too. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, uh, we'll get into our little wrap up questions here before we close out. Oh, yes. So uh, first question I always ask, just a little fun insight to your day. What are three things in the life of Angie Hagler that you do every day? Okay, so I will say I had a little heads up. I knew this question was coming, uh-huh. so I have to say I could not think of it. I was like, what do I do besides <laughs> make up my bed every day? That's so, great. Okay, so I asked my kid. I asked him at dinner last night. Oh, that's was, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my son and all his 18-year-old wisdom says, well, you go to the bathroom every day, you forget something every day, and you cry every day. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Does that show my age? You forget something every day? It's so sad. I'm like, what was that? Justin jokes. He goes, I'm just going to put you in a home. Don't worry. When you... When you don't remember who you are, you're going in a home. I'm like, thanks, honey, for your empathy. <laughs> um, so, but to add to that, I do talk to Jesus every day. Uh, mm. I kiss my dogs every day. And Aww. I I let them, like, kiss me. It's <laughs> so <laughs> gross. I love my dogs. And uh, the third thing I would say is that I tell my family multiple times a day how much I love them. Oh, that's so important. I can't. I, I am verbal when it comes to encouragement like that. Yeah, yeah. I love them and I can't help it. That's great. That's my three. And you forget things every day, apparently. And what what was? And my kids will totally joke about. He said I cry every day. I don't cry every day. I don't cry every day, but I am emotional as a mom. Like I'll cry at a commercial, like a Hallmark. (laughs) I think that's what he means. I'm sensitive to them, and like I'll just look. I'm like I love you so much, and like tear up. It's just a mom. Yeah. Maybe it's a maybe it's a perimenopausal thing. It's my age. It's everything. I'm more sensitive to everything. But no, I don't cry like I'm sad. If anything, it's because something's sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they love to tease me because he's mm. a 18 year old boy. Sure, you know they're well, tough. Yeah. Um, okay, my next question is: Who is someone who's influenced your life, and why? Ooh. I will say that there's been Bible study leaders in my life that have made a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beth Moore, I always love her. Yeah. She did a lot to help me, and Joyce Meyer, I'm talking about early. I mean, that's not like one-on-one, but those are women that I learned from early on, you know. Yeah. Um, my mom is had taught me how to just love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Even when we were kids and we went through all that we went through, my mom is the one that it doesn't matter what I've ever done or what any of us have ever done, and all of us have done just about everything you can do. She's always made us feel so loved, and I've taken that into how I parent my kids. Yeah. Um, so she's been very influential in that. Yeah, that's great. I say those. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what's something about you that would surprise people? Prince was my first crush. Stop. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. My first crush was Prince. Oh, my gosh. So what does that say about me? I don't know, but it's the truth. I had I mean, his poster on my wall. I mean, you had his poster? For real. Him and Michael Jackson. You had a crush on Michael Jackson? Well, no. I had his poster on my wall. Oh, Prince. oh just poster. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Prince was your first crush. Is that not hilarious, but so true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And look, and you married a, a rock star musician, so <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, maybe it does. A little different music, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Something you didn't know about me. Yeah, I didn't. All right. Well, thank you, Angie, again, just for taking time out of your day and hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. All right, y'all, there she is, Angie Hagler. Isn't she all the things wonderful and precious? I know, I can't get enough of her. Angie, thank you again for opening your heart and being raw and real with us today. You are loved and adored by so many, my friend. And as always, thank you all for tuning in today. Hey, if you're loving the podcast and these incredible testimonies, make sure you leave us a rating and review and tell us what you're enjoying. And also, share us with friends and family members that may need some encouragement. I mean, hey, we're just here to talk about Jesus all day, all the time. That's what it's about. Okay, y'all, we'll see you next time right here on Get Up Girl.